0: In anybody's experience, I would just say amen. amen. Yeah. So we're, t- we're completing our series this uh, from this summer today. Next week, we are back on track in terms of our uh, the times that we meet for services. Uh, next week at 9.30 and at 11.15. So folks, uh, we might have a few people filter in here over the next few minutes thinking that the service starts at 11.15. And so, can I ask you not to look at them when they come in just to sort of ag- ignore them and uh, don 't embarrass them uh, i 'll do that <laughs> uh, yeah, so just let people sort of filter in and if you could just uh, keep um, keep paying attention to what I want to share with you i 'd appreciate that so much. So next week at nine thirty then at eleven fifteen and of course, uh, Sunday school is during the second service, and i 'm um, calling it Bible boot camp so uh, that 's what 's happening next week, and uh, I do uh amen <laughs> uh, and i uh, I do want to encourage everybody to 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 get out here and uh, be part of what 's happening also the cafe will be open, so gr- come early, grab a cup of coffee and visit get to know each other again and I hope you had a great summer i uh, last week had the opportunity to go to Banff. Uh, a surprise with uh, with Jesse, just the two of us and um, it 's just hard to believe that he graduates next year, but uh, I wanted to do something like that with my son before he uh, up and leaves us. but uh, we had a, a, just a great time, and I hope you had a great time this summer, a good time of rest and relaxation but we 're back to work, and there 's a lot of work to do there 's a, a, a lot of ministry that needs to be done and uh, i 'm telling you, after seeing this video, we just saw. Uh, Gloria, great job. I'm just so thrilled and excited about ministry. We're looking at uh, John Mark, and some of you may or may not know him, but after this morning, I hope that you'll know him really well. Um, he was uh, a fairly well-known or fairly prominent person in the early church. John Mark was the son of the wealthy widow Mary, who uh opened up her home to Jesus and the twelve disciples. You uh may remember Jesus at the last supper, having his uh having his disciples eat with him. And that was done at John Mark's mother's house. John Mark was um, was a boy raised by his mother and didn't have a, a lot of um a male influence in his life until Jesus came into his life very interesting and the early disciples used the home of john mark 's mother as a as a center for uh, for prayer meetings for ministry, that sort of thing and so we find John Mark at a very young age being witness to the very start of this new religious, I guess you could call it, new religious way called The Way. It was an off-branch of Judaism, which we now call, of course, Christianity. And so we find John Mark watching Jesus come to the house with his disciples, hearing Jesus teach and preach. We we, we see John Mark uh, literally sitting at the feet of, of Jesus and hearing Jesus teach. And then, of course, uh, we find John Mark following Jesus around as Jesus preached in Jerusalem and, and through the countryside. And then after Jesus died and rose again and then ascended into, the, into heaven at the right hand of the Father, we find John Mark following the disciples around now. And when the disciples were uh, meeting together in homes, this is one of the homes that they met in. When when Peter was taken into prison, they were at John Mark's mother's house praying for his release. And so, when Peter was released from prison, he comes knocking on the door of of John Mark's house, and we find Rhoda coming to see Peter at the door. And that was that was John Mark's house. Rhoda sees Peter at the door, and you remember the story. Rhoda's so excited that the prayers have been answered that she leaves Peter outside on the doorstep, still knocking. John Mark saw all of that. It was, it was pretty exciting stuff. He saw miracles unfold before him. He saw lives transformed. And something within him said, Man, I want to be part of this. I want to, I want to get on board. I want to give my life the way that these disciples have given their lives. I, I want to serve Jesus. And so John Mark asks his cousin Barnabas, can I, can I join you? Can I be part of your missions team? Can I go with you to Mexico? Can I, can I follow you and can I, can, I, can I be part of this great and exciting work? And the Bible says in Acts thirteen five 5, that when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John was there with them as their helper. Can I just say something before I go any further? Some people think that in order to do great things for God, you've got to be the preacher, the evangelist. It says here, John Mark was just a helper, just a helper. I want you to know, folks, that when you want, if you want to serve God, if you want to do great things for God, there's a starting place. And John Mark recognized that the starting place was first to be a helper, to learn the ropes. I'm sure that John Mark, when he started out on his missions journey with Barnabas and Paul, he was excited, he was enthusiastic. He he knew that this is what he wanted to do. He traveled with Paul and Barnabas to Cyprus, to Paphos, and to Perga, which uh, is now modern-day Turkey. But something happened. On the journey, John Mark was overwhelmed by the stresses and by the pressures of this missionary work. I'm sure that if he had a telephone or If he could text message his mother, he'd say, Mom, get me out of here. I want to go home. He was frustrated. And so we find that, in fact, he parts company with Barnabas and Paul. Now look what it says here in Acts chapter 15. It says Barnabas wanted to take John also called Mark with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. And Paul took Silas, and he went in the other direction. John Mark was a failure. John Mark dropped the ball. John Mark did not carry through with his commitment he failed, and he failed miserably. We don't know why John Mark left. Maybe being, being the son of an affluent woman, he was used to being pampered, and maybe he just couldn't take the rigors of the trip. I don't know. Maybe he disagreed, agreed with the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul was including the Gentiles, not just the Jews, in the Christian faith. Maybe he had, he took issue with that. I don't know. All I know is this, is that he let down his end. He dropped the ball. He failed Paul and Barnabas. So much so that it caused a great rift between the two great apostles, Barnabas and Paul. Whatever Mark's reason is for deserting, he he dropped the ball and he caused a great rift. One of of the, the major, if not the major rift in the early church was between these two great men. Now, The question here this morning is this. Could God really use a man who fled in panic? Could he really use a man to write a book depicting Jesus as the powerful, dramatic Savior of the world? The answer is yes. John Mark, for those of you who don't know, is in fact the author of the very first gospel that was ever written. That's the gospel of Mark. God used John Mark. The failure. John Mark. The one who dropped the ball. John Mark. The quitter. John Mark. The deserter is also John Mark. The evangelist. Now I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart this morning because this morning we have people sitting here who have failed God. We have people sitting here this morning who have quit on God. Who have deserted the work. We have people sitting here this morning who have really let down their aunt. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're wondering, can God use me? Can God forgive me? Does God still love me? And I'm going to tell you this morning, yes, God loves you. And I want to tell you this, God is not finished with you yet. And the work that God has begun in you, he is faithful to complete it. God loves you this morning. Now you're saying, Pastor, uh, you're saying that there are people here who are quitters. Do you know actually know who they are? I said, yes, I do know who they are. It's you. You and you and you and me. We've all dropped the ball. We've all quit. We've all deserted. We've all let down our end. We've all failed. There's not one of us here today who hasn't failed. In fact, if you want to know what the church is all about, it's a collection of failures. Look at that person beside you now. Isn't that true? What a loser. (laughs) Now look at me. What a loser. We are all people who fail and drop the ball. But I've got good news for you this morning. God loves you and he's not finished with you and he wants to do something special in your life. The question is this, will you allow him to? Will you allow God to use you and make you a blessing to your family? You're the only one in your family who's a Christian. Will you allow God to use you to be a blessing to your family? You're the only one at work that you work with that's a Christian. Will you let God use you? John Mark said, "God, I don't want I don't want I don't want the the description on my gravestone to be John Mark the loser, the end." What will people say about you and about your life? Will you be like John Mark and be useful to the Lord or will you be like others who drop out, lose hope? Lose hope, lose heart, and never recover. Well, I want to tell you this morning how, in fact, if you've gotten off track, how you can get back on track today. If you failed your spouse, you failed your children, you failed the Lord, I'm going to tell you, you can get back on track, and here's how you do it. You've got to do what John Mark did. First of all, you've got to admit your, admit your weakness. Does anybody here have any weaknesses, or is it just me? Anybody? Everybody who got weaknesses, put your hand up. The rest of you are lying. (laughs) And that's your weakness. (laughs) We all have weaknesses, don't we? Of course we do. Listen to this. Luke chapter 14, verse 50 to 52. Remember, listen to what it says. that Everyone deserted Jesus and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. And when they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Why do you think God inspired Luke to include that passage in the scripture? It doesn't seem very significant. I want to tell you who that young man was. That young man was none other than John Mark. And so we see right at the start of his, of his life, basically, right at the very start of his Christianity, of his Christian walk, we find him running away. This is his weakness. John Mark w- was a runner. He was a quitter. He was a deserter. This is, this is his great weakness. And some of you can identify especially with this because in your Christian walk, you've deserted God. You've quit. You've given up. You felt like quitting up so many times. But we find John Mark willing to admit his weakness. The Apostle Paul had a difficult time with John Mark's weakness. He wasn't prepared to go on another missions trip with this young man who was such a failure. He wasn't willing to take the risk of of going on a trip and having this kid interfere with the plans or interrupt the plans by running away. Listen, folks, even though John Mark was not the only one who deserted Jesus, Mark knows in his heart that he deserted Jesus. And he must have felt a profound sense of failure, having failed his master. Now, he could have said, he could have made excuses for himself and said, well, everybody did it. But he didn't do that. He could have pretended that his weaknesses don't exist. But I want to tell you something, folks. When you admit your weaknesses, when you admit your need of God's grace, guess what happens? You overcome your weaknesses. Because the Bible says this, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So when you admit your weakness, you know what you're doing? You're humbling yourself and you're saying, I am the one who needs God's grace. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, the Apostle Paul wasn't pretending to be perfect. No. He said, "I'm, I'm the one who's the chiefest in need of God's grace. And this is what he found. I'm sure this is what the, I'm I'm surmising, but I'm sure that this is what Paul found so frustrating about this young man, is that he would not admit his weaknesses. The Apostle Paul, that's what we know about him. He was the first one to say, I'm the weakest. I'm the one who needs grace more than anybody else. And would anybody agree with me today that they need God's grace? Would anybody admit then today that they have weaknesses and they need God's help? You need God's strength in your life? Of course you do. Of course I do. When you admit your weaknesses, you allow God to apply His grace to your life and to shape you and mold you and help you overcome those weaknesses. And I'm going to tell you this. God is not angry with you for your weakness. Did you know that? God is not angry with you for your failings. He's not angry. He loves you. He loves you so much that He sent His own Son To help you overcome. The Bible says that Jesus is completely acquainted with your weaknesses because he became a human just like us. Every weakness, every temptation, every struggle you're going through, Jesus knows all about it. Did you know that? He's familiar with it. And so he can help you. We have a high priest who understands what we're going through. Let me tell you something else. When you admit your weaknesses... You help others going through the same thing. Did you know that? I had so many people say, I can't go to church. i got to clean myself up first, and then I'll come to church. Why do you think people say those sorts of things? You know why? Because they're convinced that the church is full of perfect people. Boy, are they deluded. (laughs) The church is not full of, of perfect people. The church is full of people with weaknesses who understand their need of God's grace. And if you're visiting here this morning, understand this. You're sitting amongst a group of people that need God's grace, need God's help in their life. And that's where we come. We come here, we worship God, we praise the Lord, and we admit to the Lord, God, I need your help. I can't make it on my own. The Bible, my friends, is full of imperfect people. And if you thought for one minute that Christianity was about being perfect then you only know half the story because your perfection is not in and of your own strength. It's through Christ. And that's what it means to be a Christian, is that you put on Christ. And Christ becomes strong in you as you admit your weaknesses. Four preachers met for a friendly gathering. During the conversation, one preacher said, Our people come to us and pour out their hearts, confess certain sins and needs. Let's do the same thing, they said to each other. Confession is good for the soul. In due time, all agreed. One confessed he liked to go to movies and would sneak off when away from his church. The second confessed that he liked to have a cigar once in a while. The third one admitted he liked, he liked cards and could, would play it as any chance he could get. And there's a fourth one. And they said, well, what is your weakness? And he said, I don't want to say. They said, no, we, we really want you to. It's really important for you to confess and get it off your chest. What is, what is your weakness? And finally, the other pastor said, well, it's gossiping and I can hardly wait to get out of here. (laughs) Folks, admit your need. It glorifies God. Confess your need and you will make it clear to your brothers and sisters in Christ that you are not greater than them, but that you with them need the grace of God in your life. The second thing I want to quickly point out to you is that you need to follow Jesus. Mark wrote these words. Remember, this is Mark, the failure, the deserter. He wrote these words, Mark 8, 34 and 35. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. I want to tell you something today. You want to sum up what the life of the Christian is all about? I'll tell you what it is. Very simple. It's all about denying yourself. It's all about living an unselfish life. You show me somebody who's living a selfish life and I'll show you somebody who doesn't understand Christianity and probably is not converted. Mark was self-centered when he left, when he deserted, when he quit. He was thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking about Barnabas. He wasn't thinking about the apostle Paul. He wasn't thinking about the missions trip. He wasn't thinking about the lost. Listen to me. When you're thinking about yourself, my friends, the last thing in the world that you're thinking about are those who don't know Jesus. You're not, you're not thinking about those who are hungry and broken and thirsty. You cannot think of yourself and think of others at the same time. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work. So the question for you this morning is this. Are you truly following Jesus or are you following yourself? Because it's one or the other. It's not both. If you're following Jesus, then you are not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about others and how you can bless them and love them and serve them and help them. I'm going to tell you this. Today, you cannot be a Christian. You cannot serve Jesus and be self-centered. You have to be totally unselfish, denying yourself and giving your life to serve. I'm going to tell you this. John Mark started out as a real loser, as a deserter and a quitter. But by the end of his life, This is is what church history says. The Apostle Paul sent John Mark to the city of Alexandria in Egypt. And, And there, John Mark established a church. It was a great work. Many hundreds, thousands came to Christ. In fact, there's still a strong church in Alexandria today. But listen to this. The people there are said to have resented his efforts to turn them away from the worship of their traditional Egyptian gods. And in the year A.D. 69, they took John Mark, tied him to several horses, and dragged him through the streets until he was dead. Now I don't know about you, but I'm inspired. For here is a man who gave his life to follow Jesus. And if you think for a minute this morning that this, that what happened to John Mark is not what Christianity is about, then you don't understand Christianity. You've got a North American view of Christianity. The Christianity that Jesus calls us to is a Christianity where you lay down your life, even if it means losing your life. I'm going to tell you, when you look at those early believers, they were shouting for joy at the privilege of suffering for the name of Jesus. What has happened to that kind of Christianity? I'm telling you, my friend, it's happening around the world. It just doesn't happen here in North America. We have a Christianity in North America that wants to tickle our ears. And make you believe that Christianity is all about helping you get what you want. My friends, that is an abomination. It's blasphemy. It's totally contrary to the Scripture. The Bible is clear in Mark eight thirty-four thirty-five. 35. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must lose your life in order to save it. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And I want to say to you today, how many of us are willing to say, Lord, here am I. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to lay my life down. I'm ready, Lord, to do whatever you want me to do. My friends, this is what Christianity is. That's the Christianity that turns the world upside down. No wonder the whole world came to know about Jesus Christ in one generation. Because we've got believers who, who are so totally convinced that to be a follower of Christ means to lay down your life. My friends, this is what it means to be a Christ follower. Man, my heart was thrilled to see that video, those kids going to Mexico. I pray that out of that group, we may have some missionaries who will go to to other parts of the world to say, God, here am I, use me. Because following Jesus means that you lay down your life. It means that you serve. It means you say, God, here am I. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Yes, even if it means being tied to several horses and being dragged until I'm dead. I'm willing to do it. That, my friends, is Christianity. That is, my friends, what it means to follow Jesus. And that, my friends, is how you can move from being a loser to a winner for Christ. I'm going to tell you one other thing. Don't give up. Don't give up. The Apostle Paul saw this John Mark, and I'm just about done now. The Apostle Paul saw this John Mark who seemed to start out with such promise, but yet dropped the ball. He was a quitter. He was a loser. And yet somehow the Spirit of God dealt with John Mark. John Mark, even though he knew he was not well thought of, he refused to give up. He refused to quit. He was determined that he would lay down his life before God and say, God, I know i failed you. I know I've messed up. I know I've dropped the ball. But God, please take my life and use me for your glory and honor. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. And whereas the Apostle Paul said to Barnabas, Barnabas, I'm not having anything more to do with that John Mark. He's finished. He's a loser. He's a quitter. He's a deserter. I don't want anything more to do with him. We find, I love this, we find that the Apostle Paul changes his mind and comes to love and appreciate John Mark. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, only Luke is with me. Get John Mark and bring him with you. Listen to this. Because he is helpful to me in my ministry. What a sto- I love stories of redemption. I love stories of people who are, who come back from the edge. And that's what this is. A young man who is a quitter has learned to not give up. He learns what it means to follow God with all his heart. I wonder this morning if you're here. And you feel like giving up. You feel like walking away from God. You feel like walking away from your family. You feel like walking away from your job. You feel like walking away from our church. You feel like walking away from your ministry. I don't know. You might feel like you've had it. You don't want to do this anymore. Whatever it is that you're doing. But I want to, I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning to learn from this young and reckless young man called John Mark. Could it be that the reason you want to run away is because of something within yourself, your own weakness? You need to admit that to the Lord. And maybe you need to admit it to somebody, a good friend in your life, or maybe you need to admit it to the people that you've offended or hurt. You need to recommit yourself this morning to following Jesus with all your heart, saying, God, I'm willing to lay it all out for you. And you need to make a fresh commitment this morning not to give up. You feel like giving up? You feel like quitting? The Spirit of God is here this morning to say, don't do it. Don't give up. Don't quit. I want to show you one little video clip. Let the words just minister to your heart. And then I'll close with a, with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for your spirit at work within us. We thank you, O God, that you love quitters. People are willing to admit and confess their weaknesses. God, we come to you this morning and pray that you would touch us afresh. We pray, O oh God, that we would be renewed today. Lord... We want your name to be glorified in our lives. Father, we we need your grace and strength today to stick with it. We need your help. And so, Lord, we, we want to take a few moments just to wait upon you and allow you by your Spirit to strengthen us and quicken us. We thank you, O God. Thank you for your love. With your eyes still closed, your heads bowed, take a moment just now to ask the Lord to To forgive you of your sin. I bet your weaknesses to God. You might as well, He already knows them anyway. Tell Him. Tell Him how you failed. Tell Him how you feel. Now ask Him for the grace to follow, to follow Him with all your heart. No matter what the cost, no matter what the price. Jesus, remember, it said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now pray for the strength to never give up.